Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's the Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, Ike and I are talking convertible defenders, forklift follies, Disney, AI, and Ike's all-new segment, From the Archive. And now, without further delay, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the overly complex throttle linkage to Stephen's fly-by-wire. I'm the sloppy pedal of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, this week in the news, uh, Land Rover announced its uh, quarterly uh, profits, and uh, surprisingly, they're up. Incredible turnaround. Yeah. (laughs) I think, good. The, I think the chip shortage has eased. Yeah, it sounds like it. The chips have finally rolled down to JLR so that they can start making some cars again. They are making cars. And not only are they making cars, they're making money. Profit, yeah. revenue, and free cash flow all up uh, to wow. the tune of 49%. I don't know which of those figures 49% represents, but, uh, but uh, it sounds good, good. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, considering it's been like money losing for quite a while... Uh, to start seeing last things. 50 years, maybe. <laughs> well, Land Rover has always lost money, but JLR is going to, that's where things are going to change. Those guys are going to make money. That's for sure. Maybe that's what it is. It's a clever accounting gimmick where JLR is now making a massive profit, but Land Rover is, is not. They saddled Land Rover with all that debt. All Land Rover debt. and Jaguar. Just, uh, I mean, it's not the first debt. time, right? That's, no, what, exactly. that's what Leland did. They were like, we're going to yeah. funnel all your profits into these other cars, which are yeah. failing for are garbage. different yeah. reasons. Yeah. Everybody needs a Wosley, right? We want to oh, save yeah, them. Man. The Wosley and, is the best. An yeah. Alvis? Everybody yeah. wants an Alvis. <laughs> these are also all Harry Potter characters, I'm pretty sure. That's uh, I think that's how they named they named all the Harry Potter characters. Yeah. Carburetum expirum. <laughs> oh, look at that! I uh, I've been doing all of this uh, AI research uh, lately for oh, uh, yeah. some Tell projects me about that. I'm doing project I'm doing at work, and uh, you know, amongst having it generate different kinds of Land Rovers, which mm-hmm. uh, which is maybe not entirely work related, but uh, fun to do nonetheless. It's uh, it's pretty clever. It's pretty clever at how uh, it can generate a brand new picture of a Land Rover that's not based on some other picture. It's just making it from whole cloth. It's based uh, on all the pictures. It's based on every picture of a Land Rover, basically. Yeah, it's like a composite, but not in that it's like photoshopping them together in that it's like 
you're an artist, a really good artist, and uh, you just need to, I just need to describe to you how to draw, and you can draw it. The problem is you don't speak English, or any language for that matter. You kind of only sort of understand what I'm saying, and sort of just keep coming up with stuff, and like, what about this? How about this? You know, It's kind of like when you, when you read the instructions for a product that you've bought that's manufactured in another part of the world, yes, and the translation right. is like, Not great. sort of right, but yeah, definitely but, a little off in some key areas. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, this is and this is really controversial, right? This AI it is. Uh, it is. Uh, art. This this could put a put an end to your profession, right? In fact, that's part of the reason that uh, that I'm uh, I'm doing this uh, this little bit of a research project because uh, you know our question is around intellectual property as it relates to uh, these generative AIs and who owns that? You know, who owns the uh, the work that uh, that I prompted to get out of one of these AIs? Does the AI own it? Does the company that wrote that AI own it? Do I own it? Does you know it's a really a really interesting thing, but you know part of the great thing about the AI is the um, you know taking different movies and making different uh, like trailers of them, like the Balenciaga version of Harry Potter or the like Jim Rat version of Harry Potter, where like everybody's super like yoked. Those are fun. That uh, now, that's you, just you good clean me, fun. You sent me one, didn't you? It was like a pizza, yes. pizza store yes. AI, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a it just uh, makes commercial? A, a commercial, yeah, about a pizza store that doesn't exist. Look yeah. delicious. It did look delicious. It's sort of <laughs> multi-layered, and, and the pepperonis are very small, and there was a lot of them, which it has that problem with teeth, too. It makes tiny little teeth, too many tiny teeth. I don't It'll know. get better. It's weird. It'll get better. It's only It'll get better. better. Yeah. But uh, I feel like there's a lot of artists right now who are totally up in arms, a- yeah. absolutely anti-AI, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Do you think there's room for uh, AI? And I mean, it's happening. It's going to happen regardless. It's going to happen. I think the interesting thing is, is that any of the deep faking or the AI or the any of this is only as good as the model that you give it, right? So it's only as good as the photography that it's seen, as the books that it's read, as the, you know, the work that it's it's basing its work on. And so, you know, I don't know, will you have the ability to say, you know, make me a Nick Dimbleby version of this, uh, you know, uh, vintage Land Rover speeding down a country lane? Uh, maybe, but I don't know that it will ever do it at quite the level of of sort of artistic mastery that a human being, especially somebody like Nick, who does this, you know, for a, for a lifelong living. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know that it'll get there, but it'll get really, really close, you know. And for, yeah, I had, I had read an article about uh, somebody who entered an AI piece of art into an art competition and and won. They yeah. won the competition yeah. Yeah, with won. this okay. AI generated yeah. art, and yeah. people were people were furious yeah. about it. Right but I, yeah. I think it's interesting that says a lot about the judges too. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, it's true. No, it's an interesting interesting subject, and I think it'll get more people. It'll create like desktop publishing because I think back in the eighties, uh, mid eighties, when desktop publishing first came out. Um, you know, printers were thinking, well, that's it. We're we're going to go out of business because everybody's going to be able to make this stuff at home and then print it out on their home printer, and that'll be it. We'll never we'll never work again. And obviously, we know now that wasn't the case, right? It it uh, you know, sure, there is a certain amount of desktop publishing, web publishing that happened. But Have those you been paying attention to the magazine industry. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> oh shit! Wait a second. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. Print is uh, yeah, print's fine, right? Print's doing just fine. Is that no? a newspaper recently? Oh, no. I don't think those exist anymore. Uh-oh. Have you, Uh-oh. Did you read the news about Vice Media this week? Yeah. It might be time then to start uh, uh, working on your AI prompts. 
You know, maybe yeah. those who control the AI, uh, who know how to prompt it correctly, uh, will be the new artists, I guess. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine got a, got fired from his job with an AI generated termination notice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, I know some folks who've certainly uh, who've certainly done that um, in all in all manners of communication, uh, be it. Uh, rejecting tinder dates uh, or Oof. firing people or writing like uh, recommendation letters for promotions and things man it does such a good job of that it just sounds so business speaky uh-huh. it's really it's, it's pretty good for that yeah it's pretty good so, for that all yeah. those things that you don't want to write you can have a robot write it now yeah exactly pretty soon it's going to be writing all the legalese that you uh, yeah. you agree to in a product and it's going to be like you're yeah. gonna it's going to be like i welcome our robot overlords just buried in the, <laughs> just in there somewhere in yeah. there somewhere yeah. the you're funny thing is i read an article in this uh, researching that there are doctors who are writing prescription justifications with the with a generative ai like chat gpt or something and then they have uh, a software on the insurance company side that is using AI to read those notes because there's too many of them that come in. So they use AI to read them. So the doctor is using AI to write a thing so that AI can read a thing to tell the insurance company. So I feel like that's been happening for a while. We just have computers interacting with computers. So like (laughs) an example would be, um, you know, people who watch other people play video games. Yes. Right. On the internet. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a lot of these programs that allow you to cheat. It basically plays the video game for you. Right. So you you have a computer playing a computer game. Right. And people are watching the computer play the computer game and cheating. On the computer. (laughs) On the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. It's books on tape, back on books again, then back on tape again. So yeah, yeah, it's good. It's all good. Nothing wrong there. It's going to be fine. It's going to be just fine. Going to be just fine. Speaking of going to be just fine, finally... Finally, and I know you've been hotly anticipating this uh, this vehicle finally, finally hitting the market. As I know, you're a big fan of the Heritage Land Rover customizers and their uh, big wheels with tiny, whole, hundreds of tiny holes, as if AI generated those wheels. <laughs> the they kind of, wheel, you know, to be fair, they kind of look like wolf wheels. I mean, they have that bit, element of wolf wheelness. They to do them. have a wolf wheeliness. Yeah, they are a little bit smaller than wolf wheels, and there's a little, there's a few more of them. But it's smaller? like you describe... Oh, the holes are smaller, yeah. The smalls, and yeah, lots of little holes. It's like you you told an AI to make a wolf wheel, and it just made too many small holes, just like teeth. But uh, they finally, Heritage has come out with the first actual real life running not a not a computer generated model uh, convertible Land Rover Defender 90 a new one not an old one but a brand new one so i don't know how they've gotten all those curtain airbags and things that are all tucked away in the ceiling uh, out of it uh, but uh, They've done it, and uh, it's pretty cool looking. It's kind of neat, you know? It reminds know. me of the uh, G-Wagon Cabrio, at least the yeah. top does. You yeah. know how there's, like, very little usable space in the yes. back because it's yep. got, like, a fastback sort of look to it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it sort of probably has that same sort of clientele, people who uh, want a glorified scooter to drive around in with right. the top down. Yeah, yeah. I would suggest just buy a scooter. They're fantastic. But um, but you could also buy a convertible new Defender 90. It, it would be, you know, I don't know if it, if it was more like a Jeep or a Bronco where the sides came off or the, yeah. instead of, yeah. you know, because one of the things about driving an open top vehicle that's really nice is you get the airflow, right? Yeah. But the yeah. bad thing is uh, you get sunburned. That's a lot of sun. Oh, man. You get sunburned. So, so much like there's not really an option in this car to not do that, right? Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. With a traditional Land Rover, you have the sun covering oh, yeah. Yeah. of the top and you can yeah. roll the sides up for the airflow. Yeah. It's like the yeah. best of both worlds. Absolutely. And you can even do a top just over the two, the driver and passenger. You've got, you've got top 
options galore. Yeah. Uh, this is sort of obviously a kind of a baked in thing. Yeah, I wonder if it wouldn't be more popular with a Bronco style top. I mean, that even seems like something that Land Rover could even make, like a hard removable roof like the Bronco or the Jeeps do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the Bronco one just doesn't it doesn't look great. Like it feels like it it's too many little Lego pieces all sort of stuck together. Uh, the Jeep top feels more like a single conducive piece. Uh, versus the Broncos. But um, I mean, they both look silly sort of once you've taken the roofs off because the the B and C pillars are still there and they're still structural. They don't look like a roll cage. They look like stamped. Right. You know, they look like you've taken the body panels off of a car. Um, they've kind of lost a little bit of that neat, uh, you know, sort of Jeep take the roof off or, or Bronco take the roof off kind of thing. Now, this one, it has a panel that kind of bisects the window. Yeah. Uh, you know, where the roll bar is, mm-hmm. assumably so it won't chafe against the roll bar. Right. Um, that looks very much like a Jeep TJ. You yeah. know, that same yeah. element yeah. is mm-hmm. on a Jeep TJ. So it kind of looks like if you just glance at this photo, a Jeep TJ soft top, you know, yeah. just it, plopped yeah. onto a new Defender. That's, new that's Defender. the visual, which, it, you know, sounds horrible, but it right. doesn't really look It's that actually not bad. that bad. And it, it, it kind of, it also reminds me of like a little Geo Tracker or something like, like one of those really mini cars with their little flip back uh, roofs, you know, kind of has like a giant sized version of, of that sort of as well. I like it. I mean, I, I would say, I, I, I would I say when like the it. top is flaccid, it is yes. not as good looking. No, 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 for sure. When the top is erect, it's yeah. Well, you can't, I mean, you never, you can never go wrong with a nice erect top. That's, uh, (laughs) that's for sure. That's, I think that's, that's the old adage, you know. Now the color of the interior on this particular car, I would, it's as best described as uh, basketball. Basketball. It's it's kind of like a a tannish orange. They also have it in like saddle, like old saddle. Um, They've got a, a, a several different uh, interiors that you can, you know, sort of choose from, I guess. This is like the seventies Knicks interior. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, it's neat. It's interesting. It retains the full back row of seats, although I'm not sure how usable the kind of trunk space is, like the, the uh, you know what used to be a rear door. Um, but it's interesting. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how the unibody comes apart and goes back together in you know in this. It's got a full. If you look at it, it's got a full roll cage built inside of whatever's left of the top of the car. So yeah, um, you know, I imagine that is almost entirely for safety so the car doesn't fall apart but if uh, you look at the motor authority article there's a there are a couple pictures of them converting the car to soft top i don't know if you've oh, seen that that's cool no i didn't see that i gotta look at that he is using a corded makita sawzall to cut the roof off no yeah shit. yeah there you go well yeah. you know at least you gotta have the corded one you know yeah cordless just doesn't have the oomph to take the roof off of a perfectly good car yeah, they're just they're just sawing it with a sawzall it's pretty yeah. amazing I mean, I guess it's probably, uh, I assume, strong enough, you know, yeah, I guess. they probably got some cappings you know? or something to go over the jagged yeah. edges. Yeah, well, hopefully, right? Yeah, and it, uh, it's supposed to retain all of the original function of the car. Um, you know, um, I don't know if that includes the leaking roof. I, I don't know if this roof also leaks, uh, but uh, they may not have been able to retain that function. Uh, but Now, maybe. historically, the soft top on a Land Rover has always been... A little more weather tight yeah, than the yeah. than the hard top. Yeah, if you want to stop your Land Rover roof from leaking, put a soft top on it. That's yeah. and that that works much better. It helps. Yeah. I wouldn't say it, it completely. No, no, it doesn't. Nothing. It. There is no such thing as a non-interior raining Land Rover. But um, but yeah, hopefully this solves the problem with a new Land Rover's roof leaking. So that would be nice. Go get yours today. 
and have to convert the trek over to a uh, to a soft top, get the roof rack uh, kind of on a cage frame. That's gonna be great. So uh, speaking of uh, transitions, yeah. tell us all about the departure of the Widowmaker. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, this last week uh, we said goodbye to a very dear friend, a, um, you know, uh, someone who's been around the shop, something that's been around the shop here for a long time. And, uh, you know, we all uh, loved it. It almost killed every one of us and has damaged probably more Land Rovers than uh, than any anything else maybe ever. Uh, we did have to say goodbye to the Widowmaker. It uh, you know it sort of it sort of drove its last drive uh, a number of weeks ago and uh, decided you know what it's time to start looking for someone who's willing to kind of rehab it and uh, you know get her back uh, going again and put an ad out uh, sort of I didn't even really put an ad out I think I just reached out to a guy who was selling like a very inexpensive simple sort of electric pallet lifter kind of forklift and uh, said, hey, would you be willing to trade for a forklift that is not in great shape? I don't know if you're interested in sort of fixing it up or whatever. And uh, he said, yeah, well, let me come over and take a look. And uh, came over and took a look. He said, listen, I don't know anything about forklifts. Uh, so um, this looks good, though. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It doesn't really start or anything. Uh, you know, kind of starts and kind of drives. He's like, yeah, it's no problem. It's no problem. There's no problem. We'll take it. It sounds like a good trade. Uh, so we'll go ahead and trade. So uh, he proceeded then to find a, a friend that had a like a garbage disposal sort of business. Like they clean up job sites and had like a dumping like trailer. Your shop. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had like a dumping trailer and so uh, showed up with this other little push around forklift in the back okay. of the dumping trailer very easily you know, rolled it out of that because that weighs what, maybe, maybe a couple thousand pounds. Um, then it came to loading the Widowmaker and, uh, yeah. So the Widowmaker weighs, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe about 6,000, 7,000 pounds, give or take it's 3000 pound lift forklift. It's usually Mm -hmm. about a little under double. So 5,500, 6,000 pounds. And, uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, it, uh, we get there, we get back to the, back to the shop. Chris and I were out doing something and, uh, didn't start. There no 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 force on earth could start that forklift. So as you know, like a forklift doesn't really move unless you can start it. Like it's uh, especially where it was in the corner and stuff is not going anywhere. So we thought, well, maybe it's out of gas. So um, Chris went and refilled the propane tank, and that kind of got it started. We first pulled it forward a little bit with Ted so that we could get it off of there. Uh, which is funny because Ted's the only Land Rover I don't think it's run into. So it's nice to give it an opportunity to run into Ted. Thankfully, it didn't. But uh, you could have picked any one of the other Land Rovers that it has run into. But instead, uh, we didn't. And uh, so got a new uh, propane tank. Uh, got it kind of started, like sort of. Like it it definitely is. Uh, I think the head gasket is gone and uh, very low compression, very low power. Um, but it could lift the forks up and stuff. We could kind of get it heading downhill. So we can and- still kill or maim. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't need to be running, I don't think, to do that. So we kind of parked it at the hill at the top of uh, the shop has a sloping driveway. Um, and they parked a little dump truck thing at the bottom. And uh, we, you know, packed a bunch of wood and stuff in. And uh, that was not going to be strong enough. They they insisted that, uh, no, 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 it'll be fine. More than strong enough. I said, there's absolutely no way it's going to be strong enough. And so, uh, okay, we got out the Linus ramps uh, from the uh, ill-fated <laughs> getting Linus's car out of the back of the U-Haul. Which, uh, a reminder to our viewers, collapsed under a 2,000-pound car. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. So we got those out, put those under there, put the wood on top of it, put some two by fours and stuff under there and uh, kind of got the forklift running enough to sort of lurch it towards the the little thing, get it going down the hill. And we got about halfway up the little the little hill of wood before it just crushed into the wood. And it was now sort of like a perfect forklift cutout in this wood ramp. It had just fallen through and we could get it started enough. Those They're heavy. super heavy. Yeah, super heavy. Yeah, we could get it started enough to kind of lift itself up just a tiny bit to kind of like sort of help it along. But there was no way to get it in. So just at that moment, thank God, Liza showed up from a women's off-road course to the uh, to the folks down uh, here in uh, Southern California at the Rover Club. She was doing like a women's off-road day. And so she showed up with the Defender and uh, we decided we would winch it into this little trailer. So we set up a you know a shiv inside the uh, truck or inside the little dumper and and a shiv push. like that you would stab someone that with we did, or a no, like a like a sheave a pulley a pulley and uh-huh. uh, we uh, we pulled uh, got that all tight got that all set up it's going great and so uh, all the time Liza's saying this is the stupidest thing that anybody <laughs> has ever and so we did manage to with the assistance of the defender. Um, you know, kind of pull it in there, crushing this wooden deck as we went until we got about a third of the way in. And then we started actually lifting the little the little trailer dump truck thing up off the ground. And so now the, the thing is at like about a, I don't know, maybe 45 degree angle. So we're driving up a pretty good slope with winching up a good slope with this little forklift and um and uh, you know just as we sort of got it winched up enough as i think everything was probably starting to to break and collapse we kind of got the trailer pushed over and it kind of flopped over and and got it into the uh into the trailer and uh and dropped the forks on the front of the trailer and it was it was in there and i uh i've uh never seen it uh never seen it since it was those uh, people are dead yeah, those people are all dead. So uh, they did then the next day. I saw it uh, listed on uh, Facebook Marketplace for $3,500. So mm, I'll be damned. <laughs> you should have bought it back. It's listed as sold now. So should have offered to trade them for a, a package mover, whatever I you buy. I feel like it's that, uh, you know, like at the beginning of a lot of horror movies where they're, you know, like they're in a boat and like mm-hmm. a creepy doll floats along the water and they're like, I'm going to take this doll home. This is good. Why it's would somebody just leave this doll it's a here? Curse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah, gotten a curse from a yeah. from an old woman in a yes. in a market stall, yes. and you then yes. you turn around, she's gone. You know, it's a long, uh, you know, a long story. But I I bought that forklift, uh, you know, uh, yeah, from a, from a gypsy road market, and uh, yeah, it's been a curse ever since. So uh, yeah, finally the curse is lifted, and uh, you know it will live uh, to kill again. Though there's no there's no question that forklift is now out there. It could be anywhere. It's just gone. ready ready to murder. It probably put that ad on Facebook. So because it already killed those people, now it's moving on. It's moving on to its next victim. And so speaking uh, yeah, of new yeah, victims, yeah, we have yeah. a new segment. Oh yes, called from the archive. It is. It is a and new segment. This uh, this is um, basically bullshit that I find while I'm researching other Land Rover projects. Yes. And so, um, kind of wanted to do a follow up. Yeah. On a, a couple things that we had talked yeah. about in previous episodes. For those yeah. of you that didn't. Or don't <laughs> listen to other episodes of the show. For, yeah, for all of you who don't, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. I mean, yeah, is, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, uh, we had discussed the construction of the Disney theme park in 
Orlando, Florida. That's right. In Orlando, on which is a, episode. some some contention uh, these days uh, down there at the old uh, Disney. Uh, yeah, so. and and that's the what the Reedy Creek development the, or something yep, like that's that right. yep. district. Yep. And yep. so that's been in the news a lot because there's this uh, battle between the conservative governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Disney Corporation, who mm-hmm. got some sort of sweetheart deal of self governance back in the '60s when this park yep. was developed. Now, part of that and how it's Land Rover related was Land Rovers were used in the construction of the park to, you know, traverse these swampy, boggy areas and the construction sites that they were putting up. And they were, they used a lot of Land Rovers. Mm -hmm. And so we were always kind of curious, like, why didn't they use internationals or Mm -hmm. something more Mm -hmm. domestic Mm -hmm. to do all that stuff? Well, we found the answer Mm -hmm. and the answer is state Senator Arlo Bronson, who was, uh, He's kind of famous because he sold a lot of the property to Disney to develop the parks, but he himself had a Land Rover and was friends with the Hood Tractor Company. Okay. And so I think there's probably some sort of, you know, back scratching going on mm-hmm, here, if mm-hmm, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, and Erlo mm-hmm. uh, arranged for several Land Rovers to be bought or supplied for the construction of the park through the hood tractor company. And mm. so we, we found this article um, and it basically talks about Erlo Bronson driving around. Uh, I'll read an excerpt leading the party will be state Senator Erlo Bronson, who arranged for the use of the cars through the CM hood junior tractor company of Orlando. Two of the vehicles will be 10 passenger sedans of a type purchased by Bronson to traverse his Osceola cattle ranch. Mm. And the party will leave Tuesday morning and it will be a test of men and machines. So they basically <laughs> drove around all these swamps and bogs before Disney was a theme park with Land Rovers. And there's like a bunch of cool pictures. And then they continue to use these vehicles during the construction. They actually have yeah. Disney logos on the yeah, doors right. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, kind of interesting. Logo, yeah. And we were always curious, like, why did they use Land Rovers? It's so, yeah. so weird. But uh, this article kind of describes like go. the relationship between the various people that... Uh, Political malfeasance. It's nothing's yeah, changed. And speaking nothing's of changed. that, yeah. that continued. That par- that was about 1966, mm-hmm. 67, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. that the park was being built. Yep. In 1969... The Florida Department of Transportation made a yep. deal with the Land Rover Company to purchase 49 mm-hmm. Land Rover Series 2A mm-hmm. pickup trucks with PTOs mm-hmm. for mowing roadsides, which is a terrible mm-hmm. idea because yeah. they have yeah. they don't have live PTOs, right? Right, right. And so right. they bought 49 or 50 of these vehicles to mow Florida roadsides. Why would they do that? I think it's somehow involved with this state senator guy who is friends with the tractor company that sold yeah. Land Rovers. Like, yeah, Land Rovers, it's yeah. just so weird that they would like continue to purchase Land Rovers for these purposes that they're not particularly well suited or yeah, they're not the really the right fit being it's in Florida. But uh, I wonder, are there any of those DOT Florida there rovers are. left down there? There are. There's a guy that follows me on Instagram. Mickey Slade, I believe his name is, and uh-huh. he has one that he's fixing up or restoring, oh, and he's done a, a pretty good job, and it's got the DOT number on the back, and it's oh, still, cool. they're all yellow. Yeah. And at that time, Land Rover didn't sell pickups because this is after the chicken tax. Right, that's but right. But somehow these vehicles avoided sure, that to, yeah, right, tax. Course. It was yeah. 25% tax because yeah. they imported them probably as some sort of equipment or tractor. Yeah. And they all were fitted with PTOs, and they all 
were used to mow road sites for how long i don't know i can't imagine right, right. those ptos would last very long in continuous duty like that yeah I mean, we're not talking about like mowing your field every once no, in a while. No, we're no, talking no, about no. like mowing roadsides, like an industrial scale for like and like jungle, like jungle swamp, like yeah. Florida roadsides are not are nothing to joke about. You know, no. they uh, yeah, they've got they're full you, of gators. You run over one gator with yeah, a mower. That's, that's it. It's done. That's it. Yeah, that's it. There anyway, uh, it was kind of interesting to see that those pieces connected, and uh, so that turned up in some of our research. But another thing that turned up was uh, the use of a Land Rover floor an expedition to South America yeah. by the Department of Biology for the University of Florida. The University of Florida, yeah. And there's yeah. a great uh, picture of all these university students in front of this Land Rover, and we'll post it on our Patreon? Yeah. Or we'll post it on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with all these kids who are ready to go to South America with all their snake-catching gear. They have their, <laughs> their grabbers and their, yeah, you their have snake the sacks and the hook and, and the sack. And the, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah. one of the interesting parts of the article was this excerpt, and I'll read it. And uh, it says, The most important piece of equipment on the vehicle is a snake bite apparatus which attaches to the manifold of the Land Rover, employing suction to remove the venom. <laughs> we got to get some of those. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I think everybody yeah. needs that. You know, <laughs> have that. Yeah. So I wonder how that. I wonder how they're like. Hey, yeah, we got to get. We got to have that thing. I wonder <laughs> how that's. Uh, that's such a crucial piece of equipment. I think that 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 probably trans. Fired from a conversation they were having where like one dude's like, okay, we're going to catch all these poison snakes. What yeah. happens if one of us gets bit? And the other guy was like, well, I'll tell you what, yeah. I'm not sucking the poison out. <laughs> and they were like, all right, well, we got to get an apparatus yeah, attached to the apparatus, yeah. to, I wonder to what that it. apparatus was originally intended for. I, I can't imagine it's specifically designed for snake Cow milker. Yeah, who knows? Know. <laughs> that would work, you know. Yeah. That would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's just it's a. I I would. I don't know if that's in one of those old timey Land Rover informational videos, like the uh, you know you hook up the PTO winch, you hook up the, and now here's the snake venom removing sucker. It is, it is the world's most versatile vehicle. So I just uh, I, I think is. that was an interesting piece of kit that was fitted to a a, a period Land Rover. That Let there be cool. no doubt that that is one of the most. Let's see your Jeep suck venom out of your snake bite. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's no factory option for that, for sure. Well, that's well, there was uh, not a picture of this apparatus in the article, but oh, it's darn it, that's all right. I'll I'll uh, I'll describe it to a generative AI and see you're if they like, can whip like, something uh, up for actually, me. Actually, I've got something similar in my car. <laughs> I, I've got it. Uh, it was intended for something else, but it works yeah. about the same. Yeah, yeah I can, we can rig something same. up. Yeah, exactly. So, so that is that is the inaugural segment of from the archive. From the archive. Well, Florida. that's a Florida edition. Yeah, Crazy Florida, Florida Land Rovers. Mal <laughs> yeah. Political malfeasance. Yeah. Venom snake suckers, suckers, and overdriven PTOs. Yeah, everything you, you need go. from Florida. There you go. Well, there you go. That's very cool. I'd love. I mean, I've said this many times. I would love a Disney uh, construction department Land Rover. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, they're around. I'm sure they're still down there somewhere. Can't um, imagine any of those would have rested away. No, I think they're uh, yeah, they're fine. It's not like there's any alkali sloughs or anything down there in uh, yeah. Florida. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened to them, but man, they'd be cool. I would love. There's uh, still a relationship between Disney and Land Rover. Like they use uh, some especially modified Land Rovers for their safari jungle rides, and in a lot of their 
you know, dioramas for the various yep. parts of the theme park. They still have Land Rovers yep. here and there and everywhere. It's pretty interesting. Possible that those are the Land Rovers could that be. they use. You know, it could very well be. You know, Disney tends to eat all of the buffalo when it comes to that stuff. So you never know. They very well may may be a theme park attraction, which is too bad. But yeah, uh, but yeah pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it's neat. We'll definitely uh, we'll post up some photos of that gentleman's uh, DOT yellow uh, Florida Land Rover. That's pretty cool. Does he still have the uh, Gator mower uh, for it? Or? Nope. But nope. it does have the PTO order, did have the PTO on it when he got it. He's kind of had to replace the chassis, I think, and maybe the bulkhead. Yeah, yeah. So a lot that of it's sense. been rebuilt or replaced. Yeah. But yeah. still, it's still yellow or what's left yeah. of the yellow and it still yeah. has the DOT numbers on it and stuff. That's super cool. That's super cool. All right. Well, definitely uh, we'll put some uh, we'll put some of those photos uh, on the old Instagram, but uh, we'll definitely put the balance of them, the full collection of the from the archive uh, up there on the uh, Patreon. So if you haven't uh, yet checked out the underpowered hour Patreon, let me tell you there uh, there's all kinds of secret stuff up there. There's, uh, you know, uh, a whole uh, whole selection of uh, photos from uh, different stories that we've talked about. Uh, there's uh, pictures of uh, my whole collection of uh, Land Rovers, as well as a bunch of uh, specialty Ike uh, ones. There's some uh, uh, Australian uh, photos uh, up there uh, that are very compromising. They have to be behind the, uh, you know, uh, it's <laughs> a members ball. only. Yeah, it's a members only situation. Let me tell you, there is some things in there that, uh, that uh, truly... Uh, should never be seen by uh, by the public. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't yet, uh, head on over there. And, uh, you know, it never hurts uh, here before uh, we all head up to Greek Peak in, uh, I think it's 59 days, 58 days or something like that, uh, to go ahead and get some underpowered hour merchandise. I we think have it's closer un- than 59 days. This that. is May. That's June, like, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, well, yeah, it's even quicker than that. I'm sorry. I'm going to be in Scotland in 59 days. It's like 30 days. It's like super quick. It's very soon. Ooh, it's very soon. Yeah, Basically we'll talk now. more. Uh, it's thirty days. It's thirty days. We'll talk more about Scotland uh, next time. We're uh, we're reaching out to uh, any listeners that may be interested in helping us out in the Edinburgh area. Um, it would be nice to talk to you. Slide into our DMs as we've got a little uh, little project going on up there uh, while we're in Scotland. That uh, it would be great to uh, to have some folks involved in. And we're also going to be posting Liza and I's uh, pub driving schedule. So if you're near a pub that we're going to land at one night, please do come by and say hello. We'd love to see you. Lots of folks have inter- invited us for a pint, and uh, so we're going to try to take as many people up on that as we can. So. Uh, You'll see the uh, the white Defender with uh, underpowered hour uh, big uh, logos on the doors. It'll be very hard to miss us. Uh, or you'll see the person that just stole that and is now uh, driving <laughs> it to uh, the port somewhere. <laughs> uh, so if you could follow that guy and just let me know, that'd be great too. So uh, with that, uh, it's been a slice. Unfortunately, uh, too much uh, venom extracting uh, machinery conversation uh, this week. So we've run out of time uh, for Ike's review of uh, Nando's, but we will. Uh, try to fit that in in a uh, future episode. And uh, until then, Ike, it has been a slice, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. All right, Steve, see you on the trail. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svardov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.